Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Church family, we have been in this series this summer called The Power to Change, The Power of Changing. And guys, I hope that it's been encouraging to you. I hope that it's been uplifting to you. I hope that you've been seeing some change because we believe as we pray, our God hears us and we're seeing him move in our lives. And today I just want to dive right in to some words that Jesus spoke to us. This is a parable found in Mark chapter four, starting in verse three, it says this. Listen, now, anytime that Jesus says, listen, don't you think we should stop and listen? He said, listen, okay, you got my attention. A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good ground and it came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Lord, help us to understand what you want us to know today. Last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus in Mark chapter nine freed a boy from a deaf and mute spirit. And today we see the same Jesus, the same son of God who is speaking to us saying, I want you to recognize you can have ears, but possibly not be hearing what I'm saying. So whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So church, I want us to pray together that we would pray individually right now, but as a whole to ask God to open our ears so that we could hear what he wants to speak to us today. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you are in this place. We thank you that you've made a way for us to come right into your presence, that at the name of Jesus, we can come into your presence and, and be where you are. So God, we ask right now, that you would open our ears, that we would be able to hear you, that you would open our eyes, that we would be able to see you so that God, what you want to speak to us today would not be muddied up by anything else, but we would hear it very crystal clear. And it's in Jesus name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I want to know how many of you are parents of teenagers in this room? Anyone? I feel you. I have two teenage girls. I love my daughters. They are wonderful girls, but I'm raising kids in the same culture that you're raising your kids. And there are some things sometimes that they do that just like, are you kidding me? And forgive me for sounding like the old man, you know, like kids these days, you know, like forgive me for sounding like that. But sometimes it really frustrates me when I'm trying to have a conversation with them. And this is what I see. Like they're just they're stuck in their phone. So I'm like, I'm always trying to gain their sense. Girls, hey, pay attention right here. Dad, hey, dad's talking to you, pay attention. Well, something has been added to that and it's new to my household. 
Maybe it's new to yours. I, I, maybe you've, been, you've had this experience with your kids for a long time. I don't know. But, but my kids, not only are they in their phone all the time, and we're trying to get on to them about that, but they have added this last summer, they have added headphones to the mix. So now everywhere we go, they're in their phone, but they also have their headphones in. And, and I can tell you that something is happening is driving me nuts right now. And if you just, do you mind if you be my therapist for a moment? Let me spit something out. Like... I, I, I get so frustrated that every conversation I've felt like I've had this summer with my family, I've had it three times. Because what will happen is we'll get in the car and, and, and the girls are in the back seat and, and Amelie and I are up in the front and I'm talking to her and I say, hey babe, where do you, where do you want to go to lunch today? And she's like, Dan, I think it'd be great if we go to Red Lobster. And uh, I say, girls, that sound good? And then it's silent back there. And I can look in the rear view and see that they're back there on their phones, headphones in. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to Red Lobster. And a couple minutes later, like Kayla will pull her headphones out of here. Hey, dad. I'm like, what's up? She goes, can we go to lunch? Like, where, where are we going to lunch? I'm like, okay, we just had the conversation. We're going to Red Lobster. And I don't want to keep having conversations multiple times. So take the headphones out of your ear so you can hear what I'm trying to say, because I don't want to do this over and over and over again. You got it? She's like, I'm sorry, dad. I got it. I'm like, okay. Right about that time, her sister pulls her headphones out of here. Hey, dad, where are we going to lunch? I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going home, okay? <laughs> it is, it's frustrating because like, uh, I'm trying to speak to my daughters. Like, would you just listen to me? And they've got so much junk going on in their ears. Like, they don't even hear me. So now I like play tricks on them. Every once in a while, it makes Omelie laugh. At least it makes me smile. We'll be driving down the road and I'll just say something like, if you can hear me, I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> and it's silent. It makes all just, Amelie's like, I can hear you. I'm like, it's your money anyways. This is not like, come on. <laughs> it's backfired before though, because we were driving down the road and we drove by Cold Stone ice cream. Like, if you can hear me, I'll pull in for ice cream. And Rachel's like, I can hear you, dad. Let's get ice cream. I'm like, shoot. She was between songs. Dang it. Ah. Oh. Say. So, Man, well, what's frustrating about that is like, I'm just trying to talk to my kids. I just want to talk to my kids, but they've got so much noise going on in their heads that they can't even hear what I'm trying to tell them. And here we have Jesus. He's pleading with us. He's saying, whoever has ears, let them hear. What, does that mean you can have ears, but yet we're not hearing what he's saying? That's a scary thing to think about that our heavenly father would speak to us and we don't hear what he's saying. There's a warning that comes from this in scripture in Jeremiah chapter six. I found it as a very interesting verse. The first time I heard it, uh, it's, it's talking that God is talking about the children of Israel, talking about his people. And he says something weird. He's saying they have uncircumcised ears. What? I didn't even know an ear could be circumcised. Like, what does that even mean? Well, he, he says, to whom shall I speak and give warning? He wants, to, he wants to tell his kids something. He wants to warn them about something that they're facing right now. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ears are uncircumcised. He's saying they have, they have uncircumcised ears. What is, what is he saying? He's saying that there is so much fleshly things going on, so much carnality, so much of their humanistic mentality. There's so much junk going on in their heads that they are unable to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Man, that is a scary thing to say. It's a scary thing to come face to face with because I can tell you, I wanna hear what God has to say to me. 
I want to know, like, I don't want your opinion of how I should raise my kids. I don't want to know the world's opinion of how I should stay married. I want to know what is it that God is saying to me? And he's saying, listen, it's possible that, that if you haven't cut away the fleshly things, if you got so much noise inside your head, I could be talking to you and the headphones are stuck in your ears where you can't even hear what I'm trying to say. I say, God, I want to hear your voice. I don't want to just be around other people that are hearing you and being blessed. I want to hear you and I want to be blessed. God, let, let those of us have ears hear you. So we see here that Jesus is taking this principle and he's saying, guys, you need to understand that it's possible for you to have the ability to hear God, but you can't hear him because we've got so much other noise in our head. So he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then he begins to teach us in Mark chapter four. He says, I'm going to give you a parable. I'm going to give you a little lesson here and a story that if you'll apply this to your life, if you'll hear it and understand it, it can change the way you receive God's word into your life so that we wouldn't be the type of people who, who God's speaking to us, but we're just in the back of our own little worlds missing what he's trying to tell us. So he, he gives to his audience an agricultural analogy. And he starts talking about the fact that there's a farmer who's going along and he's sowing seed. Now, everyone in this day and age, they've been a part of this. They've gone out and sowed seed in their own fields. They understand what he's talking about. And he's saying, this farmer's going on and he's sowing seed. And it's indiscriminate where he's sowing it. He's just sowing it everywhere. He's sowing it in good places and he's sowing it in bad places. And he's saying, there's different places where the seed falls to the ground. And when it falls to the ground, there's four different categories of what takes place. He's saying, you, I want you to hear this. I want you to understand. I want you to listen that we need to recognize of the four categories of soil, we're going to find ourselves in one of these categories. So he's saying, listen, the, the farmer's going on and he's sowing seed. That's the word of God being cast out into our lives, sown into our lives. And he says, the first seed falls into a group that he categorizes being like falling along the footpath. And the seed that falls along the footpath, he says, the birds came and ate the seed. And the disciples were confused by this. If you read in Mark 4, after he tells this parable, they come together and like, can you explain to us what this meant? I don't get it. Like, what is the whole thing with the birds and the seeds? And like, what is all that? And Jesus said, okay, I want you to understand very plainly what I'm talking about here. Is he saying the birds that come and steal the seed, that's Satan. That's the enemy. And it makes sense because we, we see that the Bible describes Satan as being... Um, the little G God of this world, that he operates in the heavenlies. That's why there's so many catastrophes when it comes to weather that, that we're wrestling, the Bible says, against principalities and powers of the air. So the Bible describes the demons and describes Satan as being someone who operates in the air. So Jesus is making a comparison here and saying, so basically this is like birds of the air coming down to snatch away, to steal away something from you. And he says, okay, so what's taking place here? Like, listen and understand this. He's saying the farmer's going forward and sowing seed. This is God giving his word into your life. And there are some people that the seed falls along their lives and it's like falling along the footpath. Now, seed falling along the footpath, I mean, it, I guess it could grow. It's not the best place to grow a garden, 
but it, I guess it could grow there, but it doesn't, it's not very successful because um, the, the soil gets hardened because there's so much traffic. There's so many things coming along. There's, there's this going on and that going on and this busyness and that opinion and all these things that pass through our lives, harden the soil of our lives to where then when the word of God is sown into our lives, the ground of our hearts doesn't take it. We don't receive it. It's stuck there on the surface. And since we don't receive it, then the Bible says the birds of the air come and steal the seed away. And he explains it in verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How will you understand any parable? The, it, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So Jesus is saying this first group, this is the, I mean, they come to church, right? They, they hear the word, but they don't ingest the word. So since they don't take the word in, it gets stolen from them. And I wonder, have you ever come to church with someone and it's like, you have a wonderful experience and you experience God's presence and you're moved and it's a wonderful atmosphere. And then you, you leave, you go back out to the car and like nothing happened for anyone else. So like, like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's frustrating because you can come in and you can be in an environment where God is speaking to you and now you're making decisions about how you're going to turn away from sin patterns and turn away from things from the world and you're going to make commitments in your family and you're making decisions when it comes to your business and you're leaving here moved going God thank you so much for speaking to me and we get out to the car and, and, and they're like uh do you think there's going to be any good preseason football on today <laughs> excuse were you in the same room I was just in were you in the same atmosphere? I was, how is it that you can be in an atmosphere that could change your life and yet not be changed by it at all? How is it you can be in a worship service that, that can turn your life around and, and yet you miss it? What Jesus is saying is what you're not understanding is because they didn't receive the seed as, as they're walking out somewhere between here and the car, the enemy came and stole that seed away. That, that if we're not willing to take in the word of God and ingest it into us and receive it into us and not just look at it as some other opinion and compare it to the opinions of the world, but we say, wait a minute, this is something that needs to be received into who I am, then, then it's real easy that the thing that we hear here in church that's, that's powerful and it's good and it could change our life, there's potential for so much change can be taken from us on the walk out of here. He's saying, don't, don't you understand that seed sown along the path, if there's just too much going on in the environment of our life, too much moving on, too many opinions, too many thoughts, that all of a sudden now the very thing that could change our life has been taken from us. He's saying the farmer goes out in the field and, and sows good seed. The word of God goes out and sows good seed in that first category of people, like, they're like falling along the footpath. Then he says, I want you to understand there's a second category of people as well. And he breaks down the second category. The second group is, is the group that fell on rocky soil. So the sower goes out and sows seed everywhere. Some on the footpath, some now in the rocky soil. Verse 18, others like seed sown in the rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So the Bible here, it mentions and points out that Jesus is talking about the fact that they receive the word with joy. 
So when they heard it, like, I want to receive that with joy. That's a good thing. I want that. They received it on an emotional level, but you got to understand that there's a big difference between receiving the word of God on an emotional level and receiving it in your spirit. Because it's one thing to say like, yeah, I really want that. I want the blessings. That's really cool. I really like that. But to not actually receive it into who you are and allow it to change who you are. See, the Bible says that since it was sown into a rocky place, rocky soil, it grew for a while. But since they had no roots, no depth, no deeper thing. Wait a minute. He's telling us what type of a person that we don't want to be here. He's telling us to, to watch out from not becoming a shallow person, a person who has no roots, a person who has no depth, a person who has no commitment, who receives the word on a superficial level, but is not willing to allow the word to change us on a permanent level. So here in this atmosphere, he's saying there's so much in the ground. There's so much going on in our lives. There's so many rocks in the soul that that there's not really a commitment for us to let our roots grow deep. So we hear the word of God and we're like, that's really good. And I like it, but I'm not willing to commit to it. Like, yeah, I'd love to have those blessings. I want God to bless my marriage. Do that, God. But but wait, I I don't know if I want to go through the work of, of digging in deep of making that command. God, I want you to bless my kids. I want to see my kids grow up and thrive, but, but oh, I don't know if I can show up on a Tuesday night. I mean, I'm busy on a Tuesday night. I don't want to drop them off. It's like there's a commitment to say, I don't know if I'm willing to do the work to let my roots grow deep. And he warns us here of saying that, that, that this, this shallow person, they, they have no depth, no commitment. This is where we get in scripture that James tell us, tells us we have to be people who are doers of the word not just hearers of the word, that anyone could come in and hear the promises of God and receive it on an emotional level and cheer. Yeah, I want that. That's awesome. I want the promises of God. But, but he's saying what we have to do beyond that is we have to be people who do the word. Because it's one thing to go to a Weight Watchers meeting and be like, I agree with you. I would love to lose 30 pounds. And then to leave there and be like, hey, uh, heard there's a, there's a sale going on right now at Grand International Buffet. Who wants to pile in my car? We're going down to eat some all-you-can-eat food. Like, like we, I heard it and I agree with it, but I'm not willing to commit to it. And Jesus is saying, that's the second group. That's this, this rocky soil group. It's like, I, I want the change, but I'm not willing to let my roots grow deep to, to dig into it. See, they had no root. It's, it's hard to work with someone who has no root. I mean, don't hire someone that has no root. Don't, don't marry someone that has no root because someone with no root, well, they'll change on you in an instant. Because someone with no root, they can love you and you and you. And you, because like I'm here today and gone tomorrow. Like as long as you're saying what I want you to say, then I'm here. Yeah, a, a person with no root, they'll change churches on you in an instant. They'll, they'll, they'll change jobs on you in an instant. They'll change marriages on you in an instant where, where God is saying what you gotta do, what I'm doing in your life has to grow deep. And this is why, because the sun is going to come out and scorch. And that's what it says. When the sun came out and scorched them because it scorched them because they had no root. So since they didn't allow their roots to grow deep and they weren't committed and they weren't tied in to anything from the word of God, then, then when trouble came, now the trouble destroyed them. Now the trouble knocked them out. It's like I went to church for a little while and it was exciting. And then I had a bad week and I haven't gone back to church. 
It's like, man, I, 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 was, I was in love with that woman. I was in love with that man, but, but, but there was a rough season. So we just kind of went our different ways. He's like, Where, where's the commitment there? He's saying, you got to have root. You gotta, and I got to tell you, you got you to gotta love investing into rooty people. I love investing into Rudy people. I love investing into people who there's commitment, who, who you're saying, I'm here no matter what. I'm a part of this family no matter what. I'm a part of this church no matter what. And there's gonna be days where it's sunny and beautiful and there's gonna be days where it's windy and cold and hard, but I'm still here and I'm still planted. And let me tell you something, church. I look around this room and I see there are so many of you, I could point you out, I could call you by name right now. There's so many of you that have been rooted in Fellowship Church for decades. And, and what's so exciting about being around other people who have been rooted is sometimes when the storm comes, if you're just close enough in proximity with those around you who are rooted, they can help hold you up. They can help hold you into place when you're tempted to be pulled out, when you're tempted to just say, I'm going to go my own way. You got to be around some people who are rooted. No, no, you're not going to go your own way because the sun will scorch you. The, the, the seasons of life will destroy you if you allow God, if you allow the enemy to uproot you. God wants you to stay planted. And man, I look in this church and I'm so thankful for the people who you've gone through some good times and you've gone through some bad times, but you're saying, I'm allowing God to change me and grow me. And, and, and I'm telling you, when we become the type of people that say, you know what, I'm going to let my roots of commitment grow deep. Something changes in the way we receive the word of God. That it's not just something that I like that opinion. I like what he said about that. But no, he said that, so I'm gonna let it grow deep into who I am. See, we gotta be careful around the people we have in our life who aren't rooted. Because someone who's, who's a rocky soil person who has no commitment, they will break your heart. Because they're, they're here for a little while and then they're gone. They're, they're a part of your life long enough to make you love them and then they leave. And, and it's because the sun comes out and scorches. But see, when we go through storms, when we go through difficult times, it's not that like, man, I must be doing something wrong because I'm going through a difficulty. Sometimes it's the difficulties that we face that, that reveal the authenticity of your relationship with Jesus. That, that as you've allowed your roots to grow, now it's evident that you, you are growing in Christ because what took so many other people out, you're still standing. Now look around this room and I see a group of people, you are still standing. And see, Jesus, he says, guys, I want to warn you, don't be the type of person that when the sower goes out, he casts it onto the footpath and it's not received into the ground. So the enemy steals my word from you. And don't be the type of people who, who, who receive it on an emotional level, but you're not willing to commit to my word. So, so you're good for a little bit until trouble comes. And then it reveals that, that, that you weren't really good on a committed level. He says, those are the first two things that I want to warn you against, the first two categories. And then he brings up the third. And this third group, it's interesting to me. He says, it was, it, as the seed was sown, it fell among thorns. And these thorns grew up and, and choked out the, the plants. It, it choked out the seed so that the, the plants couldn't bear fruit anymore. And Jesus actually goes to describe what some of those thorns are. He says, the worries of this life, the lure of the world, the desire for other things. Verse 18, still others like seed sown among thorn, the thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. 
The, the, the desires for wealth, the lure of wealth, the Bible says, the deceitfulness of riches, one translation says. What is a lure except for something that would draw you away towards a trap? What is a lure except for something that would deceive you and pull you away? See, it talks about the, the lure of wealth, the deceitfulness of riches. Well, what does that mean? He's pointing out the fact that uh, deceit will promise you something that it can't fulfill that it won't come through on its promise. And he's saying that's exactly what wealth will do because our culture, man, we buy into this where we get on TV and we watch on TV how, how this commercial will tell me, I will be happy if I can just afford that car. If I could just buy the new house, then I'll be happy. If I could go on that vacation, that's gonna bring me some peace. If I, if I could get to the new job, the, the new house, the new boat, whatever it is, if I could just get more, then I'm gonna feel fulfilled. I'm gonna feel joy. I'm gonna feel peace. And, and what, what it doesn't tell you on TV is how many rich people who have all the money and all the stuff that so many people spend their lives trying to get, how many of them uh, are dying from overdose of sleep medication, just trying to get some sleep because of all of the anxiety that's come with all the things that they're trying to serve and gain more of. And the very thing, like there's homeless people that sleep really good at night and, and it doesn't tell you, uh, our, our society doesn't tell you that there are people who have what you're trying to get who have the very items, the materialistic things you're trying to get, and they would trade all of it for just a night's sleep. And, and, and God is saying, listen, there's a, there's a deceit here. In, in our culture right now, there's so many things where we have desires for other things. We have the lure of wealth. We have the deceitfulness of riches that, that God has put a plant in you. He's put a seed in you that he wants to do something amazing in your life. But we can become so obsessed with other things that now I am focusing on like, like really God, I want what you wanna do in my life, but I also really want this. So I'm gonna let this grow here too. And God, I really do want what you want in my marriage, but, but I'm going to let this grow here too, because I kind of like it as well. And then, and God, I want you to, to take a hold of my finances. So I, I trust you and my, my peace is in you, but, but really God, I, I, I also want to do it the way that the world says, I don't necessarily want to do it the way you say. So what we do is we allow all of these things to crowd around us and begin to choke us out. So it, it doesn't say that the plant died, the plant still grew. It just stopped producing fruit. So now, now you're in the body, you're part, you're part of the church family, you're growing, you got God's, God's word in you, but there could be so many other things choking you out that you don't have the fruit of peace. You don't have the fruit of joy. You do, you're not happy, you're not kind. And you're wondering, what is wrong with all this? I'm hearing God's word and he's saying, you got too much stuff choking out what I've planted in there, what I've put in your life. Many of you have heard Omni and I, we've talked about the fact that that we plant gardens. Some years we do really good, some years we do really bad. And this year we planted a garden that has a whole bunch of carrots in it and we never went through and thinned the carrots out. So last week we were like, let's go get some carrots. And we pulled some carrots out and, and they're just everywhere. It's just like a bush of carrots. And we pulled them out and, and they were so choked out. They were so small that the only way you could tell they were a carrot is the little string coming off the bottom was orange. I mean, like. That was what we had. And why? It's because we allowed so much stuff to grow around our vegetables that, that it was choked out. It wasn't growing, growing, it wasn't flourishing. And that's what the warning here is. It's that God is saying, listen, 
I've put a seed in your life. I've given my word to you and my word, if you'll be faithful with it, it can do so much for you. You can see change in your life. You can see prosperity in your life. You can see peace and joy in your life. But are you allowing so much to come around it that it's not even growing right? Man, it's a shocking thing for us to look at our lives and wonder all the different things that we're allowing in that, that are choking out what God's word is trying to speak to us. That we would come into church and say, God, I want to hear from you. And we, we, we hear from him that day, but then we go out and we allow so many other things to grow around us. And it's, it's choking out that very thing. And let me ask, what is a seed but potential? What is a seed but, but an orchard in disguise? Because what we do is we pray for the big blessing. God, I want the orchard. I want a healthy marriage. I I want to be physically fit and healthy and strong in my life. That's the orchard we're praying for. And God says, okay, I'll give it to you. And what does he do? He gives it to you, not as an orchard. He gives it to you as a seed. He said, he said, I want you to take the seed, my word, what I'm telling you to do and be obedient to my word and and, and take this word and nurture it and and pull everything uh, else away from it. And the thing, why is it that God takes the the big things that we pray for and gives it to us in seed form? Because if the principles of God were just clear for everyone to see, I want the orchard, then everyone would try to get it. But what he does is he gives us something small to test, test our hearts and see, what are your motives? Do you really want my blessings for your life or do you just want the next fix? Do you really want what I can give you that'll give you hope and joy and prosperity? Because if you're faithful with the little, then I will make you ruler over much. Well, what does that mean? If you're faithful with the seed I give you, it can grow into an orchard. It can come back multiplied 30, 60, 100 times. It makes sense when you look at it that way. Well, I was faithful with the little thing and it grew and it took years and it it took hard work and it took commitment to say, I'm not gonna let this weed grow here. I'm not gonna let this sin pattern be a part of my life. I'm not gonna let them be an influence in my life anymore. I'm gonna pull all of these away because nothing is as valuable as the word of God in my life. And when I can say, that is what I want to see grow, then God will say, okay, now I'm gonna bring the orchard out and it's gonna come out as a little stick. It's not going to look like much, but that's where God says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. For God loves to see the the beginnings of things. He loves to see the small work. He's wondering, are you willing to be committed to his word in your life? Not committed to the orchard, not committed to the thing we're dreaming for, but committed. What is the seed he told me to do right now? Because I can even recognize now in my life that I knew that I was going to go into ministry as a kid, but I didn't know what that would look like. And it's not like God said, so what you're going to do is you're going to be the senior pastor of Fellowship Church. What I know is I heard God say, Dan, I want you to serve and start cleaning the bathrooms on Saturday afternoon. So I started there. And I started pulling things away from that and and cleaning. And and it didn't make much sense to me at the time, but that was the word God put in my heart to do. And I decided to be faithful to that. And he helped me in being faithful to that because there were times where things could come and choke that out. And I had opportunities. Uh, Well, this Saturday you could come do this with your friends. This Saturday you could go do that. And and all of these things threatened to come in and choke what God told me to do. But I knew God said to do it. So so you got to value his word and say, okay, I'm going to protect what he told me to do. And that grew into something where all of a sudden now, the next thing he's telling me to do is now, Dan, I want you to start serving in kids ministry. 
And then I want you to start serving in adult ministries. And all of these things took place to where now I look back at my life and I thank God, like I had so many temptations to, 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 to just walk away from the very word of God that he put in my life. And he's saying, no, I, I make you faithful over small things and I'll make you a ruler over many. So we pray so many times for the, for the orchard. We pray for the blessing, but, but do you recognize the mystery of the seed? That, that God is not gonna just give you necessarily the husband, but really the husband is in the man. The, the seed uh, of the wife is in the woman. The seed of Fellowship Church was in, it was in a man and woman who lived in Fort Worth, Texas, that God began to birth in them a passion for this city. See, things never start at their mature state. They always start at a level where we have to be faithful with what God tells us to do. And I think for many of us in this room, we say, well, man, I, I want God's blessings in my life so much. And he, and he warns us. He says, listen, there's four types of soil. There's a soil when God goes out and spreads his seed, he spreads the word. Now, hold on, let's just pause for a minute. Do you recognize it doesn't say that he gave different seed? It's all the same seed. Same word of God going out that, that some people are being blessed by, some people are being changed by, orchards are coming out of the ground. Same word of God that, that is getting choked out and stolen in other people's lives. So you're hearing the same word right now. I mean, every one of us, we're hearing the same thing from God right now. And he's saying, don't be someone who, who is so hardened in your life to where you're not receiving the word of God and the enemy is stealing it from you. And he's saying, don't be someone who, who has got such rocky soil in your life where you're unwilling to dig down deep and commit to my word. So you're, you're excited for a moment until the next good thing comes along and then you're gonna chase that down too. And then, then he's saying, and don't be someone who allows so much junk into your life, so much lure and attraction and, and, and lust for other things that you choke out the very thing that I've tried to plant in your life. As I look at this and say, man, I wonder how often I've had my headphones in and God's been trying to put a word into my life, but I've been listening to so many other people's opinions and listening to what they say on the news and worried about this and worried about that and, and doing it this way and doing it that way. Well, actually, my aunt always said you should do it this way. And I've let so much other junk come in. I was going, listen, I'm just, if you have ears, listen to me. Because then he says there's the fourth category. And it's the category that he desires for all of his children to be in. It's the category of the good soil. He says, then the farmer went out and he sowed seed and it fell on good soil. And that seed came back and produced a crop and multiplied 30, 60, even a hundred times. Do you realize your God doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to bless you so multiplied that people see your orchard and they're coming to try to receive some of your fruit because of what God is growing in your life. That's his plan for you. His plan is not just get by. God, would you let something little grow up? He's saying, be faithful what I'm giving you now because I want to make you ruler over many things. I look at this passage of scripture and I wonder, am I like the way some of our teenage kids are right now with our headphones in our ears where, where dad's just trying to say something? And, and I, I love my dad. I want to hear what he has to say but I've just got so much stuff going on in my life. I'm missing the very seed he's trying to plant. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?
I think that this can be a convicting message because of the fact that when we look at Jesus's words that reveals on our heart, sometimes there are things that we need to change in our lives. And for some of us right now, uh, you're feeling the Holy Spirit right now start to convict you of saying, you know what, um, you haven't valued my word. That, that my word is there, it's sitting on your side table uh, or, or you're hearing it, but you're putting it in the same category with opinions. He said, don't, don't disvalue my word. Don't discredit my word. My word will not return to me void. So don't let it be stolen away from your life. Take it and receive it into my life for what it is. It's the word of God. And then there's some of us in this room that would recognize we have let too much in. There's too many thorns in our life. There's some of us in this room that would recognize we haven't committed to doing life God's way. And we're, we're here today and gone tomorrow. And I'll go to church this weekend if it's convenient for me. But, but I'm going to uproot myself and be somewhere else if it's more convenient for me next week. And, and he's saying, listen, don't be these. Be good ground. Be, be the type of ground that receives in my word. And you, you push the thorns back. You push every back and you protect and are faithful with the little things God gives us because he says, I want to make you ruler over many. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, as you're speaking to each of us right now, I believe that there's homework for us, that a lot of us, we're going to have to go home and make some changes, some changes in how we value our, your words, some changes in who we listen to, some changes in what we're letting into our life. Some of us right now, we know we need to uproot some things out of our life. That, that, that there's some sins and some things that are holding us back. And God, we just, we ask you for the courage and the strength to do that, to walk away from the things that are choking out what you want to do in our lives. And then God, we recognize it's your seed. It's your dream. It's your plan for our life. So we pray that you would help us, help us to be good soil. Help us to see what you want in our lives grow. That God, we would receive your word and we thank you so much for it. We pray that we leave here changed by you, being faithful with the words that you give us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise before we go today. He's good to us. Thanks for tuning in to today's message. If you've never taken an opportunity to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to talk to you about doing that right now. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now today. Pray this prayer to begin your relationship with God through Jesus. God, I am sorry for my sins. I've made mistakes. I apologize. I turn from them and I turn to you. I want to make you the Lord and leader of my life. Guide me. Teach me how you want me to live. I want to live for all eternity in heaven with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and raising to life again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, we believe if you prayed that prayer, you have begun your relationship with Jesus Christ. And we would love to hear from you here at Fellowship Church. Simply contact us at 970-245-PRAY or go online to fellowshipgj.com and tell us your story.